Thanks for checking out the Sports Kid Wrestling Podcast. If you want even more from us, get Vince Russo reviewing Monday Night Raw every single Monday night, Dutch Mantel covering AEW Rampage and SmackDown, and the biggest breaking news with you, the fans, talking about it five days a week with Top Story, all on this podcast feed. What is going on, everyone? It is Friday night, 10.05. God, you got to love early rampage starts. Although 5.30, 5.30, you know what? I kind of like it. I kind of like it because I wasn't able to watch it live, but I still had plenty of time to record it, put my kids to bed first, then watch it before SmackDown came out. So I love it. The earlier the rampage, the better. Uh, you will notice that we only have uh, two heads of the three-headed dragon here today. Uh, last second, I promise it was a last second uh, schedule change. Dutch not able to at least make it on time. He is traveling right now. Uh, some travel that he uh, forgot that he had apparently, but whatever. Uh, he will hopefully be joining us before the end of the show. So I do apologize that Dutch is not here. But regardless, what is up to Ozzy and Lisa and Steven and Chris and Ricky and Ozzy again, uh, who are all here in the chat and uh, ready to talk about rampage which was on first yes but also smackdown and sid i gotta ask you man was this just a good episode for a smackdown or did they actually put on a good episode tonight because i feel like this was at least better than what we've seen the last few weeks it was for me anyway i'm i'm noticing that i'm not the only one thinking of seeing, noticing that on social media so Maybe you weren't as impressed as I was. Again, the bar has not exactly been high the last few weeks, though. I mean, hey, I, I like the opening segment. I like the final segment. So I guess that's better than most weeks. You are a hard man to please. Uh, we will dive into all two hours of SmackDown. We will dive into Rampage as well. Sound off in the chats. What did you think about it? Are you more Team Sid or more me on this one? I thought there was a lot more to like about SmackDown than just the opening and closing brawl segments. But regardless, we will start with the show that actually aired first tonight. And that was Rampage. Always makes Sid happy when we start talking about AEW first. Uh, but they deserve it. And you know what, Sid? This is something we've been we talked about earlier on in the week on another channel. And we're going to talk about it here uh, again today for all the slack that AEW gets with how they presented their women's division. They have really picked it up in the last few weeks. It was great on dynamite. I thought it was even better tonight. Open up with a, the women's tag match between Tony storm, Ruby Soho, Britt Baker, and Jamie Hayter. storm wins it with a roll up on Britt. And then later we get Yuka Sakazaki and Riho in the final Owen Hart qualifying match. And those two just absolutely tore it. Down. I miss seeing Riho on a regular basis. She may be the the woman that I love to watch wrestle the most because she is so fluid. She's so fast. She's so smooth uh, in the ring. She's just insanely fun to win, uh, to watch. She also picks up the win uh, with an inside cradle. Actually, we had three women's matches tonight. All of them ended on, on roll-ups or inside cradles. That just happened to have the booking laid out. Uh, but regardless, Riho... She qualifies for the match, and then, boom, we finally get this. Sorry, Nick, we're going to take you down there for a second. We finally get the bracket 
We know how it's going to shake out now. Opening round matchup. They've been teasing it for weeks. Tony Storm and Jamie Hader this Wednesday on Dynamite. We get Riho and Ruby Soho. That's going to be good. Red Velvet and Hikura Shida sign me up. And then Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, and the Joker. The DMD draws the Joker here, SP3. Lots to like about this tournament. Lots to like about the presentation of the ladies tonight. Yeah, I thought it was actually better than what they did on AEW Dynamite. I felt like AEW Dynamite was too much of a maintenance show, and a lot of the segments didn't hit the way they did. You know, we took it as an improvement with the amount of women that was used on Wednesday, but I felt like this show had better usage of the women. I felt like the opener was a lot of fun with Tony Storm and Ruby Soho versus Hater and Baker. I like the interactions between Storm and Hater like the interactions between Soho and Baker, like the interactions between uh, Baker and Storm at the end of the matchup, and the pin sets up what should be a great semifinals matchup. Um, I'm very interested in the Joker. I'm actually probably more interesting interested in the Joker in the women's tournament than I am in the men's tournament because there's so many, yeah. uh, you know, high-profile female free agents out there. So if it's one of them, if if it's an Athena. If it's Mia Yim, if it's Nixon Noel, aka Tegan Knox, if it's if it's Candice LeRae, who we found out today is has her contract expired, you know that's an outside choice. But it, yeah. it could be any one of those women out there that's a free agent right now. So it's very interesting who could be this Joker and the fact that they're going against the top female that's not the champion at the moment in Dr. Britt Baker. DMD makes it a hot, a highly contested uh, first round match. Up, but I'm looking forward to Storm versus Hater, and I'm especially looking forward to Ruby Soho, who felt like she had a whole bunch of energy being back on television, being more consistently used over the last couple of weeks, and versus Riho, who that matchup with Yuka Sakazaki was the match of the night, in my opinion. Those two women just went out there. They had a hard, hard hitting matchup. Great, uh, you know, little spots like the flatliner off the top rope, uh, the strike exchange at the end. And I love the the fact that the strike exchange at the end didn't lead to like more false finishes. It was like they traded the strikes and then Riho just saw an opening, cratered her up, got the victory. I love Riho with the nice little change in the color to her gear as well. There was a lot of good things from the women on this show that I felt like this show was better uses of the women than what we saw on Wednesday. Yeah, just and and you know, I think if you look at the men's bracket, I don't I don't have it readily available to put on the screen, but if you look at the men's bracket, I think it there's really only like a couple of ways that I think the the tournament can shake out. It seems pretty obvious that we're going to get, you know, Samoa Joe versus Adam Cole in the finals, but at least one of those two is probably going to make it here. As far as I'm concerned, this is wide open uh, for me. I, I could see literally maybe not Red Velvet so much and probably not Riho or Ruby Soho, but, I mean, I could see – I mean, who knows? Who who knows what direction they decide to go with this? I think it's wide open, and I do think that the Joker is going to play a big role here because the, one thing you didn't bring up, SP3, this could be a, a forbidden door entrant. I mean, we just saw, you know – William Morrissey from Impact Wrestling show up uh, this past week on Dynamite. They could pull in a Mickey James for this. They could pull in a Chelsea Green, maybe. Uh, there, there are options that uh, they could do to fill with this, and they're so vast. So I think that's going to be the, uh, well, the 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 
the card here, shall we say, to that makes this tournament really, really unpredictable. Because you could say that Dr. Britt Baker is the favorite here, but I could also see her getting an early round exit depending on who uh, that opponent ends up being for her. So uh, it, it's going to be interesting. It's getting all, all getting underway this week. I'm I'm excited for this tournament. I would say after this episode, um, yeah, you're right. It could be someone from Impact Wrestling. I would love for it to be Deanna Perrazzo. I think yeah. she had a good showing, you know, despite the crowd not being too engaged into that matchup with Mercedes Martinez. I thought, I think this is a dream match that Deanna herself had told me last week that she wants with Dr. Bear Baker DMD. That's one of her best friends in the world. So I would love to see them go at it. But I think that Dr. Bear Baker, regardless of who's the Joker is going to move on after this episode. And what we saw at the end of the night, I now feel whoever's the Joker in the men's tournament is going to beat Samoa Joe due to his whole feud and being more, you know, involved with this whole Jay lethal Satam Singh, Sanjay Dutt, rivalry i think that they're going to get involved and cost joe this owen hart uh foundation men's tournament matchup and i think the joker in the men's side has a better chance of making it to the finals than the woman's joker christopher ryan asking is the men's joker cesaro is cesaro that masked cameraman that seems to be the latest theory because there is this muscular gentleman with a height build weight and a Apparently a bald head that looks just like Claudio uh, that has been uh, around in AEW the last few weeks. So a lot of people think for whatever reason, this camera, they've had Cesaro dressed up as this cameraman and he's going to end up being the Joker in this tournament. If, if Claudio shows up and he's the guy facing Samoa Joe, yeah, I think he would be moving on. But uh, I don't know. We shall see. Uh, one thing that we know that we're going to get uh, very soon is Tony Nice challenging the phenom the undefeated phenom that has stolen the hearts of aew fans all across the world ready challenge dan Hals into a match and then after hook absolutely destroyed uh jd drake tonight dan Hausen comes out and gets an even bigger pop and i'm not saying he got a bigger pop than hook i think the only thing that gets a bigger pop than hook is hook Hausen. People love these two dudes together. He comes out. He's asking uh, Hook to be in his corner for this match because he knows he's going to have Smart Mark Sterling in his corner. And he's wanting to, he gets a little aggressive with it. He's like, come on, give the fans what they want. And then he gets shoved down. And it turns out that he had a little, little birthday present bag of chips right there, ready to give Hook. And you, you almost saw a little bit of emotion out of there. You almost felt like, he felt sorry, like he did something bad for a second there and showed just a little bit of, of weakness, shall we say? Not weakness, but maybe uh, just he has a little bit of a kind heart, shall we say? And man, it's amazing. It, this is so simple. It's so stupid in a lot of ways, but it's the best damn thing that AEW is putting on TV right now. I love these two together, and I know that it's, this tandem is growing on you as well. Oh, it's it's one of the best uh, stories that AEW has going on. I wouldn't say it's one of the best things because you still got the baddies, you still got the Blackpool Combat Club, but That's this true. is a this is a nice little top three story right now, and it's got the it's got the fans behind them. I I love the squash victory against JD Drake. A lot of hook stuff was made was made to look more impressive because he was versing a guy that was JD Drake's size, and I love the little reversal at the end into 
the red rum and that was the quick little victory it felt like an mma type victory where yeah. the larger competitor tries to use their power but the more skilled competitor in hook gets the victory but i you said a little bit of motion. This is the most emotion we've seen from Hook, where he told the whole story. Yeah. He told the whole story with his facial expression, with seeing the chips, seeing the bow behind, uh, around it. Happy birthday to our boy Hook! All the hookers stand up in the chat and wish our boy happy birthday. But um, yeah, he so he showed so much emotion, and I was just like, oh my god, this is this is the best segment he's been a part of. Just his little look at the end, like. Damn, man. And then at the end, he was just like, man, he just slammed the chips down. He didn't even take the chips. So it was yeah. just great stuff. And you can see they're slowly building to this Hook Housing Association. I love the Tony Nese promo with, with Smart Mark Sterling because as soon as he started saying, oh, I'm going to risk the undefeated phenom, I was like, he's challenging Dan Housen. <laughs> yeah. I, was like, I was like, he's not challenging Hook. I know he's trying to make this sound like it's Hook, but this is also, he's also describing Dan Housen in his own weird way. So I love how they're using this whole uh, Hookhausen story to, you know, bring up Tony Nese and him and Hook are, eventually is going to have a matchup that should be very interesting. I'm interested to see who's going to be Tony Nese's tag team partner, diverse Hookhausen. Maybe it's Mark Mar Sterling getting in the ring and having another match because he has had one other match against John Moxley back in 2020. So maybe he gets back into the ring and we see Smart Mark and Tony Nese versus Hookhausen. And that's how we get this tag team but yeah i do agree on this show rampage that was the best thing on the show yuka sakasaki and rio had the best match but the best thing on this show was the whole story telling of hookhausen yeah there's there's just a, a a certain chemistry between these two guys and it, it just comes through it's it's hard to say what it is but it's like these guys just work very well together and this is like this isn't a story we haven't seen before, right? Like this isn't the coming of, together of two people who want nothing to do with one another or some guy who hates another guy. And then all of a sudden, by the end of it, they're tag team partners, right? Hell, we just kind of saw that with Moxley and Daniel Bryan, but in a completely different way. So this is a story that is a, it's a tale as old as time as far as wrestling is concerned. But this is a new, fresh spin on it. And I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. And uh, yeah, my boy Hook. Or excuse me, my boy Danhausen, your boy Hook, coming together. It's a beautiful, uh, beautiful thing. Uh, you mentioned uh, the promo by Tony Nice. I like the tone, the the promo we got tonight out of Sean Spears. I thought that was uh, really, really good. Him talking about, you know, him make all, all the help that he did with Wardlow, making him look like he was fifty feet tall, and how he was a giant, and how he's Superman, and he's like, look, you may be Superman. But kryptonite's coming. And then he closes the steel chair and puts it up against the wall and it says giant killer written on the written on it. We don't know what the stipulations are going to be for this match between uh MJF and uh MJF and Warlow at double or nothing, but it seems like Sean Spears is going to get involved maybe beforehand or is going to be involved in some way, shape, or form at double or nothing. I think it's going to be he's going to be one of the conditions that we're going to have some type of stipulation match. Maybe it's Warlow has to wear the handcuffs against Sean Spears. And we have something similar to where it was with Sean Spears and Chris Jericho during the trials of uh, the trials of Jericho that we get uh, 
that Sean Spears has has the no disqualification stipulation and can use the chair, but Warlow doesn't. Something weird like that, I think, is going to be one of the conditions that gives Sean Spears a chance to actually get some offense and get some type of advantage on Warlow. But yeah, it was a very effective promo, and this is a very effective use of Sean Spears. He plays a good, like, lackey sidekick for MJF, and and he always plays a pretty good obstacle to for the rivals of MJF to overcome, even though we always know his rival is going to overcome Sean oh. Spears. He just plays the role very well. Yeah, I mean, when... I mean, he's going to get his ass kicked, right? At the end of the day, especially going up against Wardlow, he's going to get his ass kicked. He's going to get, as Steven said here, he's going to get the powerbomb symphony. Uh, it's not going to be one of these situations where Wardlow only hits one powerbomb on, on William Morrissey because they don't want to make uh, an impact star look bad uh, by just having him get absolutely decimated by Wardlow. So, yeah, Sean Spears is going to get his butt kicked whenever uh, those two do square off with one another. But, uh, again, it's just going to be an effective way, and it's going to be Sean Spears playing his role uh, to a T right now. I There is part of me that would like to actually see Sean Spears, much like I feel like with Sami Zayn, like I think Sean Spears and Sami Zayn are kind of in the same boat right now where they're playing their part to perfection and they are entertaining to watch on my screen every week. But then there's part of me that just goes, I just kind of like to watch these guys wrestle for a little bit uh, as well and just put on good matches. So there's part of me that wants to see that out of Sean Spears as well, but I'm enjoying what we're getting out of him and I'm fine with it. Uh, one match that we are going to get very, very soon is for the TNT Championship. And you want to talk about a promo tonight, SP3. We got three different ones out of uh, Dan Lambert and Ethan Page and then Scorpio. But, man, Scorpio Sky went scorched earth on Ty Conti tonight. And <laughs> in the process said he was going to be bringing uh, respect and prestige back to the TNT Championship. And then... Uh, he uh, accepted Frankie Kazarian's uh, challenge for the uh, TNT championship next week. Uh, saw some mixed reactions out of what we saw out of this, but one thing was clear. Scorpio Sky was definitely cutting, even with that line that he dropped on Ty Conti, was definitely cutting more of a babyface promo while Ethan and Dan were cutting more heel promos. Could we be looking at a split here possibly? Lots to dive into on this one. Oh, yeah, I think this has been evident since Scorpio Sky won the TNT championship and had that whole exchange with Frankie Kazarian beforehand. That was like the kind of the confirmation that he was edging towards the babyface side. And then when he won the TNT championship in embrace with Frankie Kazarian and you saw the look on Dan Lambert and Ethan Page's face and this promo kind of confirmed it. You had Ethan Page kind of taking what the fans wanted to see away with the mixed tag team match. Match. You had Dan Lambert cutting the the usual hometown hometown heat type of uh, uh, type of promo where he's he's saying you know I'm from Baltimore but I'm gonna claim I'm from Miami to get the fans to boo him and then uh, Frankie Kazarian was very nice I liked him comparing Ethan Page and Sammy Guevara saying that all he needs is a blonde head girl and he's basically Sammy with their with their crappy little vlogs um, and I I did not like these. Scorpio Sky. I mean, I, it, it just feels like with the Dan Lambert shtick that has been going on for for months since his yeah. feud with Chris Jericho, his promos and the people around him tend to go, oh, 
this girl has sex. So that's a bad thing. Basically, basically, that's what they're saying to me. And I'm just I, I'm not too enthralled with the misogyny of of it all. I'm, I think it's played out at this point, And I wish they would revert out of that unless Ty Conti is going to be, you know, overt with it and go more of a, like the leader route and even that stuff hasn't aged very well when you go back and watch how, how yes. all the baby faces used to you know reference Lita back in like 2006 2005 it hasn't aged well at, at all and we're in 2022 and Ty Conti hasn't really done anything outside of kissing her boyfriend to yeah. draw this type of attention or to get this type of line thrown out or I would like for the attention to be on Sammy, being a swarmy little heel and being a jerk, that stuff is okay. The the context around Ty Conti, I'm not all for it. Yeah, I mean, look, the, the I, I I agree. There's not really a place for for that anymore. And yeah, I I don't know what Ty Conti has done to merit you know, the, the hate that she has garnered. I know what Sammy Guevara has done to garner the hate that he's got. He started dating Ty Conti. We've seen this with every single male superstar who starts dating somebody in public as the crowd turns on them. Same thing. Well, to be fair with Sammy, it's a lot of other context around that. Sure. This is the same yeah. guy that last summer proposed to his high school yeah, sweetheart, and then months later, he's with Ty Conti. So that's going to get you heat right off the bat. So yes. there is reasons to attack Sammy Guevara. We have not seen any reason to attack Ty Conti. But there was some good in what Scorpio Sky said. I like the part with him telling Dan Lambert that he needs to put the other TNT championship in the trophy case at American Top Team, and that furthers the story that's going on with them. And I like him giving the title shot to Frankie Kazarian because that's going to lead to most likely Ethan Page asking the same question of, hey, you gave your former tag team partner a TNT title shot. How about you give your current tag team partner yep. a TNT title shot? And that will progress the story even more. I just want... I honestly just want Scorpio Sky to get away from this whole feud with Sammy and Ty so he can focus more. The feud I'm more interested in is Scorpio and Ethan Page now. Yeah. Yeah. And uh look, I did like what uh, I did like what Scorpio said about wanting to bring, you know, respect back to the TNT championship. I think they are very aware that there are people a vast majority of the audience who have not liked the hot potato ness if that's a word, uh, of uh, of what they have done with the TNT Championship. And I think people are ready for a, not a longer sustained run from Scorpio Sky. And I think we are going to get it. But I'm going to enjoy the storytelling that's been uh, going on, at least for the most part, uh, as uh, his, his championship reign uh, continues. By the way, for those who are tuning in, wondering where Dutch Mantell is, if you have joined late, uh, he had some travel uh, plans and issues, and he was uh, unable to join us at the start of the show. Hopefully, uh, he will pop in before uh, we go off the air in uh, roughly 20 minutes or so. Uh, one more match to talk about. Uh, the main event on Rampage, Jade Lethal getting the win. I'm a little over the managerial just jumping up there and distracting the referee as he's going for a three-count spot. If I, if I never see that again, it would be too soon. And I'm talking about seeing that in WWE, AEW, or anywhere else. It is just so. I I don't I don't know why the ref has to stop 
and pay attention to somebody who jumps on the ring apron when he knows that there's a three count that he needs to. And then he's just standing there for four or five seconds, sometimes longer than that before he finally gets the manager in this. Oh yeah, that's right. I have a three count to hit. It's one of my least favorite spots in wrestling, but whatever. It allows lethal to pick up the win uh, with a lethal injection. Then we get best friends coming down. We get Samoa Joe coming down and there is nothing more intimidating as P3. Then Samoa Joe walking at you, unless it's Samoa Joe walking at you with a lead pipe in his damn hand. And that's why the security swarmed. I love the, uh, after the match was over, I love the ending to this. This is getting heated between uh, Samoa Joe and Jay Lethal here. I feel like you, you buried the headline here. The headline here is Takeshna is a freaking star. I There's mean, that too. He, yeah. he was great in this match. The lariat off the top rope on Jay Lethal. His his knees, his strikes were stiff and on point. He was Chris in the ring for a guy that is not that experienced and not like a top star over in DDT for him to come in and get a main event spot. That meant a lot. And I like I like the whole finish because it did protect him. And at this point, I've come to understand that AEW always presents Rick Knox as the stupid referee. He's always the, he's always the one in these young bucks match that doesn't count to five when they're doing double teams for like eighteen seconds. He's always the one that misses the cheating of the of the baby of the heels. So, but I love the finish as well. I love the little roll up by Lethal getting the kick out and then going right into the lethal ejection. I think that the overall point of this match was to put over Takeshna, and they did a great job at that. To be honest, I purposefully did not bring him up because I was afraid I would butcher his name. And I, I didn't want I that's why I, I left See, it up to you. This is why I listened to the commentary. I listened to the commentary because I I'm, butchered I butchered his name when I did the AEW AE Ramble review over on True Hill Heat. I butchered his name then. So I listened to commentary very closely and I was practicing as I watched the match. I was like, Takeshna, Takeshna. I can't say the full name, but I can say his last name. <laughs> Takeshna. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to write it down and take notes and do this other thing. And I he was very impressive. All right. Takeshna was very, very impressive in this match. I'm glad you were able to say his name correctly off the bat. That's why I left it up to you uh to dive into that. Uh Steven asking, when are we gonna see Singh wrestle a match? I think we're they're they're gonna build to that. I think they're not uh, gonna rush him into the ring anytime soon. And guys, I just want to say. There's no need to argue and be tribal in the comments. Just because one person has an opinion doesn't mean you have to respond to their opinion. You can just have your own opinion. Like what you like. Don't be a dick. There we go. Or you'll get the what, SP3? The ban hammer. I'm like, I'm like, my finger's on the trigger, but I just wanted to say that first before I start doing it. So I'm just, yes, just letting keep it be respectful. Known. SP3 and I don't agree a lot. Case in point, I actually kind of like SmackDown tonight. He did not. Let's dive into that, shall we? Because we will open up with Charlotte coming out, cutting her heel promo, shitting on Drew Gulag, about to wrestle Aaliyah. All right. Not a bad start to the show. Charlotte's getting the crowd riled up, right? They're in Long Island. This is a hot wrestling crowd. So I'll, automatically, I'm like, ooh, this is going to be a good night because this crowd is on fire. And before the match even starts, 
She attacks Aaliyah because Aaliyah had to play the dumb baby face. And she said, hey, come here. Uh, well, in professional wrestling, when the heel says, hey, come here, come closer, you do the exact opposite of that. But Aaliyah uh, got right up all in Charlotte's grill, and she ends up getting she, clocked. She didn't even say Aaliyah, come here. She said, Rhonda, come, come here. here. And I, yeah. lo I love Pat McAfee pointing that out. Like he said, she said, she didn't even say your name. <laughs> so they made Aaliyah look dumb as hell tonight, but in the end, it wasn't about her. It was about Ronda Rousey coming out to make the save. And everything I saw out of Ronda tonight, no smiling, no bullshit, no nothing. It was straight to business. It was ass-kicking Ronda Rousey. She made a beeline to the ring. Her and Charlotte got into it. They had a great pull-apart brawl. I'm a sucker for a good pull-apart brawl, and this one was one of them. Give me this presentation of Ronda Rousey from here on out, please. I just want the ass-kicking Ronda Rousey all the damn time. Straight to business. Let's go. I enjoyed what I saw at this open. I thought this was the best segment that these two have had since they started feuding over the SmackDown Women's Championship weeks ago. No, months ago. This started in January. Because oh, if you God. remember correctly, Ronda won the Royal Rumble and oh, the yeah. SmackDown after Rumble, she said she was versing Charlotte at WrestleMania. Holy so here we are four months later, and this is the best segment by like a mile that they had. And somehow WWE couldn't just leave well enough alone. It looked like the Long Island crowd was actually responding to this, but they just had to press the crowd heat the crowd heat button with like I hate the fake noise it takes me yeah. it takes me so much out of the moment but i do agree with you this segment was a good way to start the show i just wish they didn't like present it as if we were going to get charlotte and Aaliyah, and then we didn't even get the match like they just threw the match out because charlotte's tagged her and then ronda came out and it was just like couldn't we have just got here by charlotte coming out for a promo and then charlotte and then ronda coming out and then we have the pull apart brawl why did we have to say oh it looked like we're having a match and then we don't have a match you make Aaliyah look even more useless than she did last week and then <laughs> and then you have you know ronda come out i just wish they would have just got right to the brawl because that was the best part and this yeah i do agree with you this was a very good brawl both women came off well but this is a few that not a lot of people are into so just make it presented like the people are into it have faith that the long island crowd it's a new york crowd that they're going to yeah. respond to it which it sounded like they did but That's i couldn't hear them over the fake crowd noise you know what i i have a habit of doing now is i will i'll hear a pop and then i will immediately stop watching what i'm watching and then look at the crowd to see whether or not it's genuine or not uh ronda rousey got a great reaction from the crowd tonight and it was genuine so for as much slack and as much criticism as we have given her presentation and sometimes her performances she's still getting great reactions from the audience and i've been saying this for weeks i was like it's really the internet fans that are not paying the ticket to go to the show that have an issue with ronda rousey because despite everybody being like she hasn't been good on the mic she hasn't showed emotion she hasn't been that great in the ring and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna lie i agree with a lot of those criticisms every single week she gets one of the biggest reactions from yeah. the fans so as long as the fans in the building are cheering wwe's always can always feel legitimately like they're doing nothing wrong and ronda's doing nothing wrong 
there are points. And look, Vince himself has said he don't listen to the damn internet fans. And you know what? To to a point, the internet does tend to go a little bit more negative and overboard. Shocker, right? Uh, than than what people actually feel, which is why I think me and you, to our credit, we do a good enough job of staying down the middle and looking at everything uh, rationally and offering constructive criticism. All right, I'm, I will never attack Ronda Rousey. I will just say, hey, look, from a, a viewer standpoint, here's what I think you could be doing a little bit better. And she'll flip me the finger if she ever, you know, watched it. And that's fine. Cool. Flip me the finger on television. I want to see the attitude. That's all I want to see. Don't flip me the finger, Rhonda. I'm your biggest fan. <laughs> you know what I was a big fan of tonight? I was a big fan of the Shayna Baszler and Sasha Banks match. You want to know why I was a big fan of this match? One, they gave it time. Two, they had a good match. And three, Shayna Baszler won. She won a damn match. I don't care if it had a shady finish or not. She had not won a one-on-one -on -one match on television since November. Since November, when she submitted Naomi. That's the last time she won a one-on-one -on -one match. And she hasn't been winning a whole lot of tag matches recently. I There is nobody, and I mean nobody, who's booking who is still with the company has suffered worse because of the pandemic than Shayna Baszler's. She was unstoppable, unbeatable. This freaking monster heading into WrestleMania 36, the freaking world ended. Everybody expected her to beat Becky Lynch. Instead, Becky Lynch beats her. And then she has to relinquish her championship because, you know, she got pregnant. And then it has been a complete 180 on Shayna Baszler ever since. So just the fact that she got a win tonight, got it over Sasha Banks. Again, I don't care if it was shady or not. I'm I'm all for this. I'm a happy guy because Shayna deserves to win a damn match every now and again for crying out loud. Oh, I'm 100% agree with you. I've been a huge Shayna Baszler fan. You know, I've been a huge fan of all the MMA horsewomen and giving them a chance to adapt to professional wrestling. And I feel like Shayna Baszler has done the best job out of those four ladies and has been one of the better heels, especially her NXT run. If you saw her there, you know how great she can be. And she can really be the kind of the glue and the anchor of a woman's division. But it just hasn't seemed like WWE has always believed in that. And I thought her and Sasha had a pretty good matchup i thought that there was one or two miscues that i pointed out like the the knee to the face that didn't hit Shayna at oh, all not even but she, she staggered she, she feigned it and missed it by that much i mean and it sucks that the camera was right there today. right there right there like could, they could have just do the back of the they head will edit that looked, out of the youtube yeah, i guarantee course, you they'll pull another camera angle but yeah of course that was of course but bad. but no other than that they worked really well with each other and i like her getting the win it's just like you could have, you could have, this would have made me more into the matchup next week if Shayna would have beat Naomi and Sasha. Like, it feels like you 50 50 booked this when yeah. you needed to make the challengers look strong going into this. And then, even in the post match, they 50 50 booked that because it should have been also Natalia and Shayna laying the champions out again. Like, I know you probably didn't want both champions to come in with a broken arm going into next week, but. 
Who cares? Let both champions come in with a broken arm because we know Sasha and Naomi are going to win next win. week. So this makes them look more valiant by overcoming their injuries and beating the heels. But the match itself was really good. I want to see more of this and hopefully the title match next week gets a lot of time. Yeah, I, I do hope it gets a lot of time. Who knows? Maybe if it even uh, main events, I, I wouldn't. This I, should be on the WrestleMania backlash card. It though. should. Yes, it should absolutely. 100% I don't know why it's not. We only have six matches this Sunday and only one women's match. I, I don't I don't understand it. There should be at least two more matches. The tag team title match should be on there, and Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan should be on that card. But I digress. We need to move on. Uh, another match that I really enjoyed tonight, uh, even though poor Drew Gulak, whatever this story that they're telling with him, I, I think it's working because people want to cheer for the guy. He's getting that sympathy over and it's like all right well he was an assistant and he was a timekeeper and he was an interviewer and all that didn't work hey why don't we try putting one of the best professional wrestlers in the world in the wrestling ring how about we try that who's his opponent gonna be oh damn it's gunther time to get your chest caved in uh i thought pat mcafee was great on commentary all night but especially during this match and the crowd finally like really reacted and i knew again new york crowd long island they really reacted to Gunther for the first time. Those chops were insane. The acoustics inside that building were great, resonated throughout the entire halls. <laughs> and yeah, Gunther looked really, really good here. Um, and yeah, Drew Gulag is playing this role very, very well. I it, it was a squash match. You feel sorry for Drew Gulag. I feel sorry for anybody who has to take that chop, but this was good for Gunther. Getting a, a crowd reaction for like the real first time, because again, this is the first time you're putting him in the ring with somebody that the crowd is actually familiar with and gives a shit about. That's what's going to help Gunther enough with the squash matches against the local talent. Let's have him start beating some people that people care about. Yeah, I totally agree with you. They have they have done a probably out of all the people that they have introduced since after WrestleMania. I feel like Gunther is in the best position because they did the two squash matches against the local talent. And then you took the whole Drew Gulag, you know, story with him doing the, um, the ring announcing and being the assistant to the general manager and the timekeeper. And now you finally put him back in the ring and then you give him uh Volta, uh, excuse me, Gunther. Uh, and, and Old it habit made, die hard. yes, it just made sense because it was just like, Oh, poor Drew Gulag. It made you more sympathetic to Drew Gulag that he finally gets a match, but it's against this guy. That's obviously just going to murder him and annihilate him. And which he did. And that was just, it was just a fun, wonderful squash match. I, I was enjoying the show up until this point. Well, after that point, uh, as as Rock uh, Jordan brings up here, we only have one title match at Backlash. Yes, we should have two because uh, Shinsuke Nakamura finally appears back on our television screen. The only other time we've seen him since he got the double super kick from the Usos was when he was a lumberjack in that Sami Zayn uh, Drew uh, Drew McIntyre match. Uh, he's back. He says he still wants a piece of Roman Reigns, and when the time is right, he's going to get it, and Roman ain't going to know what hit him. And I'm like, okay, so let me get this straight. Let me look at the timeline here, right? Because you just started up this thing with Drew and Roman Reigns. The reports are they want to hold that off for another for a bigger premium live event, and that's an argument that we don't have a whole lot of time to get into. So you look ahead to Hell in a Cell. Okay, maybe they put it there, maybe they're not. Then you got Money in the Bank. That's one of their big major pay-per-views, so they could put that there. Uh, but then also you have SummerSlam, 
by the way, that's in Nashville. That's where Drew McIntyre lives. And then a month later, you got that big show in Cardiff. They're going to have Drew McIntyre in a huge match. Okay, this thing with Roman Reigns could very easily last the next four months between Drew and Roman. When the hell is Shinsei going to gonna weasel his way in there someplace? It seems very weird to me for them to start something with Nakamura, immediately throw cold water on it, start something with Drew, and then start teasing the Nakamura thing. Again, I ask, why are we convoluting this? Why didn't you just put Shinsuke Nakamura and Roman Reigns on this damn card this weekend because Nakamura is not winning anyway? And then you could have kept the tag team title unification match that people were interested and invested in instead of just throwing everything down the toilet and giving us the six-man tag. And I don't care what Dave Meltzer says. You cannot tell me this was the plan all along. If it was, somebody's creative ass needs to be fired because this don't make any damn sense. You're thinking chess while WWE's playing checkers. <laughs> they just they just king you because they are really building up this Shinsuke Nakamura versus Roman Reigns at Hell in a Cell. We'll get into the final segment of the show where it feels like we're going to see the Bloodline win at WrestleMania Backlash now. Thankfully, I have one more podcast to do where I can switch my pick and now I can go with the Bloodline. The Bloodline to win on Sunday. So Drew has to go once again to the back of the line. He has to beat someone else before he gets to Roman and then he's going to verse Shinsuke Nakamura at Hell in a Cell and maybe we get Roman and Drew finally at money in the bank but um yeah i, I love the segment uh with you know Shant sammy zane listening in on the interview yes. and then being randall from recess and going and telling on it on uh shinsuke nakamura to paul Heyman. these two together are comedy gold i'm, I'm hoping this in the long run is going to lead to a sammy zane babyface turn i hope that's where the the end of this rabbit hole goes that he is gonna he's gonna be playing this role because he wants to get next to roman right and I think he's going to constantly be trying to get to Roman by going through Paul Heyman. And eventually he's going to find out that Roman Reigns barely knows who the hell Sami Zayn is. He's he's going to, we're going to have like months of this where Sami's thinking he's doing the Lord's work. He's doing the good work on behalf of Roman Reigns and Reigns. He's going to find out that Reigns has no clue who the hell he is. Barely even remembers him. Never even remembers that he wrestled the guy, right? Like that's where this is going to go. And ultimately that's going to lead to the Sami Zayn babyface turn. I did like the match with Nakamura as well. I don't know about putting Sammy over in this match, especially since Nakamura said, I'm coming after Roman Reigns and the Universal Championship. And then you have him lose to Sammy, but it's such a Sammy Zayn way to win with the count out. So, like, I'm okay with it, but I'm kind of not. I'm, I'm up in the air about the, the match, but it was a good match uh, until the finish anyway. So, I can't really argue a whole lot about it because, again, at the end of the day, it's not like Nakamura's winning the damn title anyway. I would I would love him to, but he ain't gonna be the guy uh, that beats uh, Roman Reigns. Uh, we got. I just wasn't into that match. Like I probably should have. I think it's a law of diminishing returns with Shinsuke Nakamura and Sami Zayn. I always remember their classic, the first ever match Shinsuke Nakamura had in WWE, and their match for the Intercontinental Title a few months back. That was good. This one was just. It was decent, but it was a very WWE formula type of match. Yeah, it was. Uh, Phillips says Drew McIntyre needs to beat Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship. I would not be surprised. Again, I look at, and I know WWE typically doesn't book people well in their hometowns, but 
Drew has been on the forefront campaigning for this UK show. He's getting a major match there. It's either going to be at in a title match or against Tyson Fury, one of the other two. But I wouldn't be surprised if they book Roman Reigns to or to lose to Drew McIntyre in Nashville at SummerSlam. Wouldn't be surprised if they did that. Why does all of Drew's feuds have to last way too long? Like the Randy Orton rivalry went like three, four months. Him and Bobby Lashley went like three, four months. Him and Jinder Mahal went two or three months. Him and Corbin went like four months. And now now we're doing this Roman match where it looks like we're going to get now another four or five month feud. Yep, we sure are. Uh, one thing that took a little too long to to finally uh, culminate was this story of Lacey Evans, right? We talked about this ad nauseum last week. Once it got to four, it was like, all right, they've taken it a step too far. But now I'm starting to wonder, SP3, if that was the point from the get-go. And I'm not the only one that picked up on this. When they had the ring announcer say that Lacey Evans is demanding the proper respect before she comes out there. That is not a baby face thing to do. Did they just play us for the last five weeks? Do they really want us to boo this woman? Is she actually going to be a heel? She talked about wanting to win the SmackDown women's championship tonight. Are we going to get Ronda Rousey beating Charlotte? And then like one of her first opponents is going to be heel Lacey Evans coming out of WrestleMania backlash. Is that what they're doing here? Because this worked so well for Becky Lynch when she won the uh, SmackDown and Raw Women's Championship at WrestleMania versus Lacey Evans right after it. We're going to do the same thing with Charlotte Flair. So, I mean, with uh, Ronda Rousey. But, um, yeah, I mean, it came across like a heel. And honestly, I'll be honest with you, ladies and gentlemen, I'm always honest with you. I did not listen to the promo this week because I was just like, um, I don't mean to sound insensitive, but I was just like, okay, Lacey, I get it. Your dad sucked. I was like, I was like, okay, I get it. It's been five weeks now. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. I did the exact same thing. I muted it. I muted it. I'm like, I'm sorry. I can't, I can't listen to this five weeks in a row. And it's the law of threes. Three, it was perfect. End it there. But I think, again, that was the point. They wanted this to drag on. They wanted us to get irritated by it. They wanted us to go, for the love of God, stop saying, okay, here it goes. They wanted us to hate her by the end of this five-week stretch because she's actually going to be a heel. And if that's the reason they did it, it's almost kind of brilliant that they did it that way. But if they're still going to try to present her as a baby face, this is, then, then, then they're just stupid. <laughs> Just, I hope she's a heel at this point. The way they presented her, her live to the crowd tonight and the way that they set all this up, I hope she's a damn heel. And by the way, if you're sitting there thinking right now, there's no way that they would put a, a championship on Lacey Evans, especially off of Ronda Rousey. Never forget, before Lacey Evans herself got pregnant, she was scheduled to win the Raw Women's Championship. She could very easily Take that champ. I'm not saying she might she beat Ronda Rousey for it, but maybe if Charlotte somehow comes out this Sunday as a champion, she could take that belt off of Charlotte. Lacey Evans could be the SmackDown Women's Champion by the end of the year. We don't have time to talk about it, but uh, I enjoyed the hell out of that tables match tonight. Like I'm ready for this feud to be over, but that tables match was an absolute banger. I don't care that Butch was was hiding under the ring like the Gopher and Caddyshack. I don't care. <laughs> okay, I don't care about the ending. This real quick, because I know we're already over on time. 
this was one of those matches where Kofi Kingston just woke up and decided to remind everybody just how damn good he is at being a professional wrestler. This was one of those like elimination chamber style performances out of Kofi Kingston tonight. And it made me immediately miss Kofi mania. Like it really did. Kofi knows how to bring some energy and that dive he did before the commercial break where he took put Sheamus through the guardrail. That was like the highlight of the night. I would go as far to say that the tables match was the best match on either show here, despite, you know, them still treating Butch like he's Hornswoggle and uh, him attacking, you know, the new day and him coming underneath from the ring. I didn't mind any of that because these four guys worked really well together and had a very fun tables match. So as long as it's fun, as long as it's entertaining, I don't mind at all. So there you go. See, it sounded like you actually like SmackDown a little bit tonight. I had a Nick pick for everything. That was the that's the only one where I didn't uh, the the stuff that bothered me about it. I didn't mind because the match overall was a lot of fun. I like I said, I liked the opening segment, but they went too heavy on the fake crowd noise. I liked Sasha and Shayna, but that was another one. They went too heavy on the fake crowd noise. When I can notice the difference between how a live crowd sounds and how fake a fake "Let's Go Sasha" chant sounds. I know the difference, WWE, at yeah. this point, because you do it too much. Like, it's stop thing doing they the, fake the audience's intelligence is exactly what it is. Uh, real quick, uh, Greg asking, what is up with Big E? When is he coming back? We don't know. Uh, unfortunately, he put out an update today, and it wasn't a good update. His neck is not healing as well as the doctors would like it. They're going to keep him in uh, the neck brace for another four weeks, and hopefully he can uh, avoid uh, a fusion surgery. Um, and that is something that we have seen you know, guys like Edge uh, have done in the past. And, you know, th that ain't no joke, right? Like Edge, Edge even said, like, when he had his neck fused, he knew he was wrestling on borrowed time. Um, at this point, coming back is the least of my concerns as far as Big E is concerned. Uh, just get healthy, and then we can worry about what happens after that. Uh, we do, obviously, uh, wish him the best. We appreciate you guys. We're over on time already. Uh, sorry Dutch couldn't be here tonight. I guess he's still having some travel issues. Uh, but, uh, hey, if we were still going 90 minutes, maybe he could uh, pop in at that point. But, unfortunately, uh, this is a new streamlined edition here on the Sports Keto Wrestling YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook channel. Uh, appreciate you guys. Like, share, subscribe. Do all that good stuff. Enjoy your Mother's Day weekend. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. Yes. Getting a wrestling pay-per-view on Mother's Day. Hell, there's an impact show in Cincinnati this weekend. Like, what are we doing, guys? It's Mother's Day weekend. Happy Mother's Day, Mom. If you're watching <laughs> this out there, Mama SP3, Mama Yachino, happy, happy Mother's Day. And happy Mother's Day to all the mothers that watch us and everyone that watch us that, you know, their their mothers wish them a happy birthday, a happy Mother's Day on our behalf. And if it's uh, their birthday, wish them a happy birthday, yeah. too. Yeah. That, too, because May is the best month for birthdays. Uh, some would say April, but, you know, no, May. May, you got Hook, you got The Rock, you got Owen Hart, you got Kevin, Kevin Owens, and you got SP3. We'll agree to disagree. Have a great weekend, everybody.